0: Okay, so our legal research actually differed from the reading and the lecture. So I'm going to go over both the reading notes and the lecture notes. I'll be really brief on both, uh, but hopefully it comes into a decent time of how long this uh, episode actually takes. But our reading notes was actually an overview of legal research. And we talked about what it takes to be a good lawyer legal research is necessary because you need to be competent in the advice that you give your clients this is all something that we've talked about in the past you need to be competent to be competent you need to do legal research all right, clear as mud so how do you actually start conducting your legal research well there's six steps that are reading talked about step one is to identify the issues the jurisdiction and the scope of the project Step two is to gather facts and identify preliminary search terms. Step three is to identify, prioritize, and consult relevant resources. Step four is to expand and update research. Step five is to ensure your research is responsive and to the questions presented. And step six is knowing how to stop. Let's go over these quickly one by one. So step one, identify the issues, jurisdiction, and scope of the project. This is very important because you need to understand the rule, what your client has a problem with, and where you can file the court. If you get any of those things wrong, you're going to fail in your case. So understanding those things are going to be huge in making sure that you conduct effective research. Step two is gather the facts and identify preliminary search terms. So this is where a client approaches you and says, "Uh, here's what happened. And so you're using the here's what happened to gather facts. Okay, so what question do they need answered? And from that, you ask who, what, where, why, when, and how? Your journalistic approach of gathering information. So step three is identify, prioritize, and consult relevant resources. From this, you actually are going to begin your priority, what is most important. Uh, This way you don't, it's really your planning stage where you lay it all out, uh, what order of importance, so that you don't go down any rabbit holes. Um, You're also going to want to make sure that you find primary resources, whether it's statute or common law, but secondary resources can be helpful in helping you understand in helping you find those primary resources so if you don't know where to start start with secondary and move to primary step four is to expand and update your research Uh, what that's just saying is if you find a case sometimes it's going to lead you to another case step five is to ensure your research is responsive to the question presented so sometimes when you find another case it may not be relevant to the issue presented by the client so you want to make sure that you stay in line there and step six is knowing when to stop And this is what the book said happens to the most novice of uh, researchers because they find so much legal material because it's all over the place that they just don't know when to stop. And the good rule of thumb is to know when you keep coming to the same authority, the same cases or relevant information, then you've probably conducted enough research to be successful. Okay, the lecture notes, we talked about reporters here. Reporters get into quite a bit of depth. Uh, We've briefly gone over reporters in the past, but we're going to try and get a little bit more in depth right now uh, without going way over our heads. So the reporters, there's an official report and an unofficial report. There's quite a few unofficial reports and the reason they came about is because the official report was very slow in getting their information out. So, what about so what is the official reports? Well, for the Supreme Court, there are official reports and unofficial reports for each of the Courts in the federal court, and we focused only on the federal court in this instance. So, for the Supreme Court, you have the U.S. Reports, and for the unofficial report for West, you have the Supreme Court, which is abbreviated S. dot space C T. period, and then for the lawyer's edition, which is Lexus Nexus, you have L dot E D dot whatever series you are in, which they're currently in the second series. So L dot E D standing for lawyer's edition. Edition. Another important thing to note is the early Supreme Court cases also have names associated with them, and so when you are reporting on an early Supreme Court case, say. Uh, Madison, for example Marbury versus Madison, you will not only need to cite the reporter but you will need to cite the name of the person who had reported it as well. Uh, In some states you're going to need to cite both the official and the unofficial uh, parallel citation. Uh, You don't need to do that in Iowa I'm not sure if that applies to both the Supreme Court um, and the Circuit and District Courts. Sorry, somebody walked by and I lost my train of thought. Sorry. parallel citations okay so with parallel citations in Iowa you don't need to do that but you do need to make sure that you report the official report if it is available now that runs six to eight years behind so quite often for the recent cases you will be citing the west report which is the Supreme Court s dot uh, space ct dot Okay, for the Court of Appeals, uh, the F stands for Federal Court of Appeal. So F4 is the current series that we are in. We're in the 4th series. We are in Iowa, the 8th Circuit. So when citing a case, we need to make sure that we say F dot fourth for any cases that arise out of the 4th series. And then in parentheses, we put 8th Circuit. Uh, Circuit is abbreviated, and 8th has 8th after it. It's not spelled out or anything like that. Those would be a violation of citation authority if uh, you cite that wrong. For district courts, it's F-Sup, which stands for Federal Supplement, but it's F-dot-space, S-U-P-P-dot-space, whatever happens after that. So, for example, if we're citing a case in the Southern District of Iowa, um, there's an example. So you have Lasse and v. Masterner. They didn't tell us the name of the case when I wrote this down, but that, that's the name of the case. It's 113F2D1343, uh, and then in parentheses, SD, which stands for the Southern District, and periods in between the two letters, Iowa two thousand, which is two thousand, is the case, is when the case occurred. But that's how we cite the reporters in conducting legal research. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing. Is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro, and you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com/join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it